Good afternoon. <clears throat> um, I am happy to be here. I'm honored to be here. Uh, but at the same time, I am sorry to be here. Um, uh, so uh, not only pray, pray for Pastor Sam, but there's many other people. Uh, as we know, the, uh, the COVID uh, is on the rise. Um, and a lot of people in the KM and, and actually everywhere. Um, so if we keep everyone in prayer, that'd be good. Um, that also means that um, I want to ask that you should be praying for yourself as well so that you stay safe uh, and, um, and, and healthy so that you, we, we can't serve God, we can't bless people when we're sick. Uh, we want to, uh, but the, the best we can do is, is just pray for each other. But when we're healthy, we can actually do something more positive. So, okay. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, the, the, I, I got a call from uh, Eliza on thir uh, Thursday, um, and I was at the airport. I was headed out to Chicago for a conference. It's called Inspire Conference, and um, I thought uh, it would have been, been really good uh, if some of you could be there. Um, so this happens in our denomination every two years, um, but uh, next time, um, uh, I will let you know. Um, and it, it, it was a tremendous, blessed time. About I think about 400 people gathered uh, in the name of God, and then we talked about a lot of things. We worshiped together, and, and we talked about how we could do even more things uh, in, in the Lord. But it's always good uh, to know that there are other brothers and sisters outside of our church. Right? So, yeah. So the, the word I want to share with you is from um, Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. Um, it is a passage that we are all very familiar with, um, but <clears throat> I like to uh, share things from a passage that we are very, very familiar with because I think we miss a lot because we think we know it all uh, from, that, uh, from that text. But uh, this is the word of the Lord. Let me read it for you. Uh, Luke 19, verse, uh, verses 1 through 10. It says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed the sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached that spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, uh, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half my possession to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. And a passage we are very, very familiar with. Uh, again, um, one of the way, like stories, you know, uh, stories like Zacchaeus, uh, one of the great way to uh, make the Bible come alive is using our imagination. Uh, because what what Bible records is just a, a, a very brief, uh, a, I don't know if you still have it, cliff note uh, version of what happened. There's a lot of things, a lot, lot more things that was happening uh, inside. So uh, I want to ask you to use uh, your imagination um, as I uh, go through the story, uh, not a full version, uh, 
but you know, shortly so that we may have a, little, a better idea of what might be happening and have a, a different appreciation of, of the word. Now, uh, one of the way that I like to read stories in the Bible uh, is pretending that um, I'm a director, I'm a producer, and I'm making a video or, or, or movie uh, of the scene. Uh, and when we do that, I think the Bible comes alive and it speaks to us in a, in a, in a, in a completely different way. Um, so as, as I was thinking about Zacchaeus, um, how, do, how would I put this movie together? And, you know, as, as a director or a producer, what's the first thing you have to think about? Who will be the star? Who's going to be your cast? And so when I think about Zacchaeus, without a thought, immediately somebody comes to my mind. And those of you who grew up in the U.S., you should know. Uh, some of you, I think, <clears throat> already know who I'm going to be talking about. Uh, his name's uh, one of my favorite actors, uh, Danny DeVito. Is that the guy you're thinking about? Danny DeVito, no? <laughs> who else were you thinking? Who are you thinking about? Game of Thrones. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> okay. Well, I'm, I'm old school. Okay, so I'm old. Uh, so Danny DeVito is the guy who played Penguin in the movie Batman, right? And when we think about the movie, we see Penguin and we, see, we can identify, we can see Zacchaeus in that movie. How Penguin became Penguin because he was, a, he was a throwaway from the society. Nobody loved him. I mean, his parents threw him away and, and everybody treated him bad. And, and so this is the way I see Zacchaeus growing up, you know? Uh, as he was growing up, <clears throat> the, the Bible tells us that he's a chief tax collector, but he's short. But if he's short as an adult, he was short when he was a kid. And as a kid, I see him as somebody who's, who's not only short, but who's kind of awkward, uh, clumsy, uh, not very smart, not very cool. Uh, so he's, he's, he's some, some, you know, someone that people would, would pick on. Every school has one, at least one. Right, I, I I remember, and um, you know, you know, as a kid, would be somebody like when you're playing, guys are together, they're playing ball. Uh, he'll be the last one to be picked, right? And they would argue, no, you take him, no, you take him. Oh no, I'll give you two of my, you take him, you know. And, and so always being pushed, right? Nobody likes the kids. And if if the kids had a crush on a girl and say, I want to go talk to him, all the girls go, ah, the kids is coming, and they all run away, and you know, I mean. It just made him live a miserable life. You know, he was always picked on. So I think as he was growing up, he had this in mind. You can't treat me like this. This is not fair. You know, but one of these days, I'm going to get you back. One of these days, you wait. I don't know how, but one of these days. And this is how he grew up. He, he, all his friends uh, were no friends. Well, he didn't have any. And so he had no problem abusing uh, his fellow Jews as a chief tax collector. Right? And so he's growing up with his resentment, uh, no love, a lot of hatred, a lot of uh, revenge attitude. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. One of these days, one of these days. But he was never strong enough. He, you know, he never, you know, I mean, had that, you know, uh, growth spurts. And so he was always weak and always picked on. And, but then something happened. The Romans had this want ad. Tax collectors wanted. And so he's thinking to himself, oh, that's it. That's it. That's the 
perfect way to get these guys back. He knew he was a Jew, so he knew being a tax collector would be a no-no. It's, it's not what you do. As, as, you know, and, and if he became a tax collector, be, he's going to be treated even worse. But he doesn't care because what better way to pay back than be a tax collector? And we know that he worked really, really hard. I mean, he was so good at what he does because he enjoyed collecting taxes more than that was necessary. And he did it legally. <laughs> you know, what, what better ways than that? Right? And he got everyone back, and, and he felt good. So, so as he worked so hard, he was recognized to be the chief tax collector. Now, we see, we see other tax collectors in the Bible, but Zacchaeus is the only chief tax collector uh, who's mentioned here. So he did well, right? He, he made lots of money. He, had, he, he lived in a huge house. He dressed nicely, uh, and he had many, many servants, I'm sure. He ate the best food. He had the best of everything. We will see him as a leader, right? Because he's a success in the world, right? In the world, even today, doesn't everybody wants to have money, big houses, fame, right? Lots of service, good clothing, eat the best you can. He was a success in the world. But then he realized that even though that he was a great success and everybody uh, who are non-Jews uh, looked up to him and said, or maybe even some of the Jews you know, in, in, the, in their hearts, oh, I want to be just like him. I want to be a success just like him. I want to live in a house like him. I want to be a chief of something, anything. You know, he was a leader. And yet when he got there, he realized he was able to take revenge on people he, he, he made him poor. He took away everything. And in the beginning, that felt good. But it didn't last very long. Even though he had everything that the world had to offer, there was no peace in his heart. Because he had no friends. All the people who was working for him, he, he could not trust them. Because he didn't know whether they were there because uh, they wanted something from him or whether they really liked him. Even when he invited so-called friends, he doesn't really know whether they're his friends. So he lived, lived wealthy in success, and yet he lived lonely. And then something amazing happened. There's a rumor that says, Jesus is coming to town. Jesus is coming to town. Right? So, but he, he knows. He's a chief tax collector. So all the inf information comes. So he said, oh, Jesus makes friends with sinners like him. And in fact, one of his disciples used to be a, a former tax collector. Uh, could it be possible? Could he, can I really, maybe I could be a friend with him as well? So he's thinking to himself and say, oh yeah, possibly. What a great opportunity. But rumor is a rumor, right? You can never trust rumor uh, you know, at its face value, right? And so he knows that Jesus, he hears that Jesus, Jesus makes friends, but what if the rumor proves to be false? And what, you know, so, so he comes over and, and, and rumor's false, and Jesus looks at Zacchaeus and says, who are you? I don't, I don't hang around with people like you. And if that were to happen, Zacchaeus would be 
not only you know, uh, 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 criticized for what he does, but he'd be a laughingstock of the whole town. Zacchaeus, the chief tax collector, came, and Jesus said, ha, get away from him. I don't talk to you. What an embarrassment that would have been. So he could not take that chance. So when Jesus came, Jesus at this time was a superstar. Everybody wanted to see him. So the whole town came, uh, came together to watch, uh, to be with Jesus. But Zacchaeus is looking from a distance. He's afraid to go near because he doesn't know how Jesus would treat him. But at the same time, there was also great fear, right? That uh, what a great opportunity. You know, when Zacchaeus is coming near, everybody looks at, hey, Zacchaeus is coming, Zacchaeus is coming. But he's short. So, you know, they say, oops, oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Zacchaeus. You know, I didn't know you were there. Or you go, oops, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, you're so short, I didn't see you. Because you can't put somebody in jail, you can't sue somebody if it's an accident, right? It's not their fault they couldn't see him. And so he, didn't, he couldn't take that chance either. And of course, like I said, he had the money so he could have taken the bodyguards uh, and soldiers to protect him and go, but what if the rumors proved to be false? You know, that would be terrible. So he could not take that chance. So he does, uh, only thing he can do, he, he goes, he looks at it from a distance, and, and then he kind of calculating which way Jesus is going. So Zacchaeus runs ahead, he's going over that way. He runs ahead, he climbs the sycamore fig tree, right? Now, imagine this, because we're making a movie. Danny DeVito trying to climb a tree. Can you imagine that scene? I mean, I, that, that, that's nothing more hilarious than trying, you know, a, a Danny, a short guy, uh, trying to climb a tree. And that, it, it, it's, it's, not a, it, it's, it's not a very good thing. And so he's climbing, jumping, or whatever. And then finally he goes up and he's hanging. I don't think he climbed the tree. I think he's just hanging onto a branch just to see above other people, just to get a glimpse of Jesus, right? Because uh, we, we know that we don't, if we don't know somebody and we want to get to know them, we want to see their face, see whether their face is friendly or, or not, whether it's somebody that we can approach or not, right? But he just wants to get a glimpse. It's not a perfect thing, but it's something. So he's just... He's just to see if the rumors were true, and uh, and then from a distance, he's in his mind. He's saying, from hanging on the branch, he's saying, turn your face this way, this way. You know, we do that. Turn your face. Come, come closer, closer, closer. And he's telling him, you know, by himself, come closer, closer. And Jesus actually comes closer, right? And he comes closer. But here's the, here's another funny thing. We know why Jesus came to Jericho uh, on this day. He came to see Zacchaeus. Nobody knew that except for Jesus. So Jesus is coming to town looking for Zacchaeus. Everybody comes except for Zacchaeus. Right? So uh, in, in his mind, he's looking, looking, but guess what? Every's, everybody's eyes are on him. Nobody notices. But Jesus' eye is on Zacchaeus way over there. Going like this, oh, gee, you know, trying to get on a tree, and and I'm I'm imagining Jesus inside going, that that that's funny, you know, that's that's funny. So he slowly goes over, and you know, goes along, and again, again, Zacchaeus, he says, come this way, come this way, and then as he was coming closer, you know, he comes a little bit too close for comfort. So a little bit later, he keeps saying, no, no, go, 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 go away, go away. 
no, turn around, turn around, turn around, go away. Because a chief tax collector hanging on a branch, that's not what an adult do. You know, that's not a respectable thing for a chief tax collector to do, right? And he's not even sitting on a, you know, in a, in a branch in a, in a mighty way. He's just hanging on and oh, my gosh, oh, my God. Now everybody's going to see him, right? What an embarrassment. So I think he's hanging, and I, I, I think, in, in my movie anyway, he, he would have his head, you know, inside so that if he can't see them, they can't see me, right? You know, type of attitude. So, oh, my gosh. And then Jesus comes right under. And even then, Jesus saw him, and maybe nobody noticed him because they were all looking at Jesus. But then, what does Jesus do? He said, hey, Zacchaeus. Now, it's not in the Bible, but he probably said, hey, what are you doing up there, man? And then everybody turns and looks at this tax collector, all decked up and hanging on a tree and as a clumsy little boy. And then, oh, my gosh, why is he calling my name? Oh, jeez. Right? And then Jesus, uh, uh, Jesus says, hey, Zacchaeus. And we don't know how long the pause was, but I think there was quite a bit of a pause where everybody were looking. But he said, Zacchaeus, come on down, man. Come on down. I'm going to stay at your house today. And, and, and the Bible tells us that he came down immediately. I don't think he came down immediately. He came down quick. I mean, because he didn't come down. He was so shocked, he fell. He let go of the branch, and bam, he's on the ground. And everybody might be thinking, oh, what are you doing, Mr. Zacchaeus, what are you doing? And they were all, you know, making comments, making fun of him. But Jesus says, I'm going to your house today. Right? And imagine this again. At one moment, he was an outsider. The next moment, Jesus came too close. Uh, and, and he was, he was a laughingstock. And, and bam, he falls. He's an embarrassment. But now Jesus says, I'm going to your house. That statement made Zacchaeus feel 10 feet tall. Can you imagine everyone who was there? They would have died. They would have, do, they would have done anything to have Jesus come to their house. But nobody had the courage to ask. Or nobody, you know, I mean, he was, a, he was a VIP. They would have loved to have Jesus come to their house and bless them. But nobody had the courage. And yet Jesus said, hey, Zacchaeus, I'm going to your house. So this little Zacchaeus, he gets up, dusts off the dirt, and says, that's right, that's right. He's coming to my house. He's coming to my house. Other way, get, get, get. He's coming to my house. What a pride, you know. That, that Zacchaeus would have had in front of everyone. Because of all the people, Jesus is coming to Zacchaeus' house. You know? This is what Jesus did. You know? and, 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 but we also know that as he was having dinner, uh, the, the, chief ta- the, 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 the chief priests and other leaders of the Jews were looking at this and they're saying, Oh my gosh, I can't believe he's going to the house of a sinner. You know, he's going to the house of a sinner. How, 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 that's terrible. That can't be. Here we, we notice that Zacchaeus is considered to be a sinner because he was a tax collector. And in fact, he was a chief tax collector, so he would be considered a chief sinner. 
as far as the Jews and other Jewish leaders were concerned, right? And, and this is one of the first things that I want to, uh, for us to think about, meaning he was a sinner because he collected taxes. He was a sinner because of what he did, right? And I think this is a problem that we have even today. And what I mean by that is, is this. Who today, uh, let me go back. Back then, who you are was determined by what you did, what profession you had. But it's the same problem that we have today. That who we are is determined by what we do, what a profession is. <clears throat> and when we ask questions, uh, who are you? Some say, I'm, I'm a doctor, I'm a lawyer, I'm a teacher. Uh, you know, I mean, and, and so when you have one of those, you know, uh, honorable profession, you say that with pride. Oh, I'm a doctor, you know, and uh, you know, or yeah, I'm a PhD, whatever. But if you happen to be doing some other things that people don't look very favorably, uh, I'm a house husband, or I'm a housewife, uh, or I, I clean houses, or what? Then, then they they say it with a bit of embarrassment. And what? But we label people, we identify people according to what they do. And in here, Zacchaeus was a, a, a sinner because of what he did, because he was a tax collector. Right? But I want to tell you that we are not what a profession is. What we do tells us what we do, it does not tell us who we are. Who you are is who you are. Who you are is what God says you are. You know, in the, um, in, you know, some of you know that uh, I speak Korean a little bit, but I'm not that good, so I'm still learning Korean. Uh, but when I watch Korean drama, I, I like to watch all those old Korean drama where the Ingham name comes out, you know, King comes out, uh, they talk really. And, and so I love watching the old drama. But in, in the old drama, this is what happens. You have young buns or the aristocrats or the, the, the upper class. And then you have slaves. I mean, you have the others between, but you have slaves. So in the olden days, and this is not only in Korea, but this is universal, even Europe, everywhere. Who you are, who you are is really determined by what family you belong to. So if you happen to be a royal family, you could be the dumbest person, you're still a royal, royalty, right? But if you were born into a slave family, it doesn't matter how smart you are, it doesn't matter how skillful you are in so many things, you're still a slave. You get what I'm saying? Well, who, who, back then, who you are is determined by what family you come from, what class you belong to not what they do. Now, of course, the same thing happens. I'm, you know, I'm, and, but the world has become better, hasn't it? Where even a slave, you, if you study hard, if you work hard, you could bring yourself up. You could be a doctor, you could be a teacher, you could be whatever you want, right? Isn't that better? Right? We, we say it's better because everybody now has a chance. But this, in my opinion, adds more confusion to the identity problem. They're thinking that what I do 
tells who I am. This is false. What we do is simply what we do. Who we are is not determined by what we do, but whose family we belong to. Right? Now, like I said, um, the, the Jews called Zacchaeus a sinner because of his profession. But listen to what Jesus says when it comes to Zacchaeus. We know that Jesus already knew who Zacchaeus was. He knew that he was a tax collector, chief tax collector. But what does he say when he addresses Zacchaeus? He says, this man too is a son of Abraham. He doesn't say, yeah, he's a tax collector, but there's no but. For Jesus, he just reminds him, he is a son of Abraham. When we convert that to today's language, he's basically saying he's a child of God. You know, this is in verse 9 if you want to look. Okay? Jesus did not care that he was a tax collector. Well, maybe he did. He did, but there was something more important than that. Jesus wanted to remind him who he was. You know? What Zacchaeus did does not change his identity. Who Zacchaeus is is determined by what God says. And God says he is a child of God. Who Zacchaeus, uh, to Jesus, Zacchaeus is not a sinner because he collected taxes, but to Jesus, Zacchaeus is a child of God. He's a son of God. What he did, maybe Jesus had, you know, he wished he would do something else. I don't know. But that's not as important as Zacchaeus uh, remembering who he is, that he is a child of God. Later on, uh, in, in verse 10, Jesus talks about he was lost. He was, he was lost. He was lost, but he, this is what I think we have to understand. He, he did not get lost because he became a tax collector. He was lost, therefore, he became a tax collector. Right? It's not his sin that caused him to live in sin, but his lostness, the fact that he was already lost, made him do sinful things. I'll give you an example. How was Zacchaeus lost? Now, many people think he's lost because he worked for the enemy, collecting taxes, cheating people, abusing people. But no, he was lost in himself. He was lost in his pain. He was lost in his hurt. He was lost in his anger. He was lost in his, in his, 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 his uh, goal for life, revenge. That's where he was lost. Because of how people treated him, the pain that he had, the suffering that he had to suffer, he got so soaked up on that, he forgot who he was. Or that was not as important. Because he, all he wanted was revenge. All he wanted was payback. That's how he got lost. And therefore, when you, when, when, because he was lost, it was not a big deal to do other sinful things. And this is what we have to remember. But when we think about that, doesn't Zacchaeus become someone that we could all identify with? I mean, many of us, you, we might be second generation, we might be 1.5. Growing up in, in, in America, we have our, 
our set of pains. You know, we've treated badly. Uh, no matter what, this face is never going to look like an American. Uh, so, you know, we, we know we have pain and suffering growing up. But you know what? It's not just because we're immigrants. Everybody growing up has pains and sufferings. You could be an American, but you, if you're not good at sport, you're going to get picked on. You know, if you're not tall, dark, and handsome, then you're going to get picked on. People are going to pick on you. The world is full of opportunities where they make us feel bad, doesn't it? This is what we do. But one thing that we have to learn here is we don't get lost. We try not to get lost. Not to get lost in our pain or, uh, uh, or, or hurts or, or even hunger for success or whatever, that we lose sight of who we really are. In the, in the, the Inspire conference that came back from, <clears throat> uh, there were, I mean, there were a lot of things that we talked about, but one of the things that we talked about is, was human sexuality, where in our denomination, that's becoming one of the biggest things, right? And they talk about, I mean, all kinds of things, but I'm thinking, how much pain uh, in the name of God, in, in the church, we have caused to other people who are not like us? Right? And we have to think about that. Right? Uh, but at the same time, if I was addressing some of the people who are struggling with that, you know, uh, to not to get lost in their pain either. I'm not, I'm not undermining or uh, uh, you know, limiting or, uh, you know, what they're going through. It, it, is, it is hard. But there is something even greater that we have to keep in mind. Right? And, and, and the other was so-called emerging adults. And there will, there will be people, most of you are sitting here, right? And the church, older church, think about what is wrong with them? You know, why aren't they in church? How do we fix them? What do you mean fix them? You know, and, and we realize together, corporately, old, young, old, everybody, say we're all broken people. You know, we're all, you know, we were all in the same shoes. And the only thing we do, we can do for and with each other is how do we grow together in the Lord? So anyway, uh, so this would have been great for some of you guys to go. But the, the problem here was, is that Zacchaeus forgot who he was in, his, in himself. And Jesus helps him find himself in God. Right? When... <clears throat> yeah, let me share this one, one, one more story. When I was in college, we had a, a joint retreat from, I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Washington, D.C., and Chicago, uh, young people got gathered together, about 200 people. Uh, most of them spoke Korean really well. Um, I didn't speak Korean. Um, but at that time, there was no English-speaking pastors that we knew. So we had a Korean pastor come. And I, it was a great, blessed time. But I don't remember anything he said because the message was in Korean. But I remember this one thing. He spent 20 minutes, mind you, in the, in the middle of service, 20 minutes he spent saying how great his name is. His name is Johan Lee or Yi Johan Moksanim, right? And he's telling people the, the name Yi, anybody Lee here? Yi Shi here? 
No Yishi. Oh, there's one Yishi. He's saying, E, Lee, is the best name in the world. And he was saying, why, why? And he said, because it's the name of the greatest prophet in the Bible. And this is a Korean guy. So he said, Yishaya, Isaiah, right? He said, is, 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 is the greatest prophet, it's according to him. So he said, if you're E, you, you, you're a great person. You, you come from a great family. And, and so he's saying all this. And I'm thinking, see, I, do, I don't know. Any, I didn't hear and remember anything. But only thing I know is that my name is not Lee. So being a second generation, I raised my hand in the middle of the service. And I said, I think my name is better than yours. And I said, no, What's your name? What's your name? I said, my name is Chu. It's Chu. What the heck is Chu? And I don't know, like I said, I don't know Korean, but I know this. Every time all Christians gather together at church, whenever they pray, they go, And this is what they cry out. And Chu basically means Lord. Right? And, and so, and we say, Chu Hananim. And so, so, so it's, it's the name of God, I argued. Right? So, greatest prophet, nothing. Name of God is better than Lee. Right? And so we argued for about like 10 minutes. And we could not come to a consensus. But the good news is this. Next day, next morning, he comes up and he concedes that Jew is better than Lee. Right? And I say, hallelujah. <laughs> right? So, but not everyone could be a Jew. Right? Is anybody any Jew here other than me? That's okay. Don't feel so bad, right? Even if you're not a Jew, it's okay. There's still hope for you, right? You could be saved. All you have to do is go marry a Jew, right? Then you'll be like my wife. Her name was you, but she married me, so she became a Jew, right? And so, uh, yeah. So you know, this is to say how great Jew is, right? But of course, you know, I'm, 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 I'm joking. However, this fact does, does not change. As we are married into a family, um, when we accept Jesus Christ, we're also, we, we become part of that family as well. You know, when we, no matter what our name is, and of course, not, not this true, but real, real true, God true, uh, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we become family of God, right? And that's who we become. It's not what we do, right? It's not what we do simply tells us what we do. But who we are is determined by who we belong to, what family we belong to. And Jesus here reminds the kids, you belong to a family of God. You are a child of God. When when Zacchaeus realized this, everything changed. He, he becomes a, a new man, right? Uh, he, where before, as a chief tax collector, it's all about him. It's all about satisfying him. It's all about how to, how to give more, how to, how to have more. It was all about him. And yet, when he realized he was a child of God, he begins to use what he has to bless others. Half of my possession, half of my wealth, I give to the poor. And I'm thinking to myself, you made them poor in the first place, right? You caused their poverty. And so before they were enemies, and now they become objects 
or subject of his blessing. Right? I, I, I have my possession I give to the poor. And then if I cheated anybody out of anything, I'll pay them four times as much. We know from Bible studies that chief tax collectors cheated people. Chief tax collector probably cheated. He, they probably got the biggest cut. So for, for him to say, I'll pay someone back four times as much, is basically saying, I'm going to go bankrupt. I'm willing to give up everything. Right? Because he, just, he now realized who he was. When he realized who he was, that he belonged to the family of God. He's a child of Abraham. He begins to think about, oh, that's right. I am a child of Abraham. But he had forgotten that for a long time. And he remembers, how was Abraham called? God says, I will bless you, and you will be a blessing. Many, many people are going to be blessed because of you and through you. So he remembers, oh, as a child of Abraham, I'm blessed. I'm supposed to be blessing people. Oh, and I'm, I'm just thinking, what, what, what can I do? What can I do? He's, he, the only thing he knew how to do was collect taxes. Only thing he knew how to do, uh, the only thing he had was money. So he uses what he has now to be a blessing. This is how he changed. And this is what I mean uh, when, I, when I talk about leadership of Zacchaeus. In the beginning, or before Jesus came, he was a leader for himself. He was a leader in the world. He was a success in the world. Chief tax collector, right? You have to be a success. You're a leader. You have people following. You have people working for you. He was a leader for himself. But after Jesus, he becomes a leader for God and others. It changes. It transforms. He's transformed. And some people argue, oh, he just gave away money. That's not real transformation, right? But we know that Jesus always looks at the heart of the people. And, he, and, and Jesus says, today, salvation has come. Salvation has come. This, that means this man now is, is bona fide a child of God. His leadership changes. For self-leader is transformed into for others leader. Selfish leader becomes godly leader or servant leader. Self-centered leader becomes a godly leader. Hated, despised, still a leader, becomes a blessed, loved leader. And how do I know that? Well, I guarantee you, you start spending money to bless other people, they're going to love you. Right? And even though the Bible doesn't tell us that, it doesn't go that far. But when he starts using money to bless, people are blessed, and they will start appreciating who you are. And, and, and before collecting taxes, they say, oh, business kids, we have, I have, I have, this month has been really, really bad. I have no money. We have no money. And I say, I don't care. And just knock and everything over and just take whatever as a collateral. But now after Jesus... I, I imagine in my movie, he said, oh, I'm sorry, I don't have any money. Can you show mercy? He said, really? And he checks, he said, oh, you know what? I made a mistake. You have some credit coming to you. That's okay. Don't worry about it. See how people would have responded differently. What caused the change? 
What caused the change? Nobody came and said, I'm sorry, Mrs. Zacchaeus, for the way we treated you. The only change was Jesus Christ. When Jesus comes into his life, when that, that whatever amount of time they spent in his house, I, we don't know what he talked about, we don't know what he did, that made all the difference in the world. Zacchaeus found himself through Jesus Christ. Zacchaeus realized he was a child of God, child of Abraham, a son of God, through Jesus. No other change. Nobody came and apologized. The relationship did not change at all. It still remained the same. But simply because he experienced the love of God through Jesus Christ. That's the only thing that can change us. I think, uh, this is an assumption, I think all of us have some pain in our lives. We know people who have treated us bad. And how often do we say, well, if he comes and apologizes to me, I will forgive him. I will make friends. But there was nothing like that here. Only thing was that Jesus came in to uh, Zacchaeus' life. For us to overcome for us who are lost in, in our selfishness or self-centeredness, whatever that might be, and it might be justified, we think, but whatever it is, if we, are, we have taken our eyes off of God and we are lost in ourselves, we need to be found. And this is why Jesus came. The Son of Man came, uh, uh, came to find those who are lost. right? And, and that's what we have to do. And that's what I want to encourage all of us to think about. There are so many people who are like pre-Jesus Zacchaeus. Who would love to be post-Jesus Zacchaeus. Maybe some of us even. Maybe we have a lot of pains and hurts that we need to overcome. You know what? There's only one person who could do that. There's only one person that we could find true freedom, liberation, even from ourselves. And that's the person of Jesus Christ. And that's what Jesus offers. This church, Dogamsa Church, it's an amazing church. I don't know if, you, if you're aware of that. Some of the things that some of your parents have gone through, they came to, to America for American dream. And some made it, some were making it, but they found something even better. They found God. And you know the, the history of this church. This church has spent so much for the support of mission, the work of mission, all over the world, to a, a point where everybody, even the denomination, those who know the story, are amazed. They did that because in the beginning, at first, they came for American dream. But they found Jesus. And their life have changed. Before, it was making money for me, for me. Bigger house, I need money. But now, it's how do I spend this money for God and for God's glory? These are things that you can learn from your parents. Right? This is what happens 
with Zacchaeus even. Jesus says in Acts 1.8, you will have power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the world. The power of God comes to us so that we can witness that Jesus is the Lord, that Jesus is the Christ. The power that this verse talks about, I don't think it's like, oh, I pray for you in the name of Jesus and be healed. And, and the person, that, that's small chunk change power. The real power comes when we become changed persons. Receive the power. That's what happens with Zacchaeus. When he met Jesus, he received that power. And he overcame himself. And we can do the same. You can do the same. You could do better than your old gentleman, like people like me with white hair. If the first generation who don't speak English very well, well, some do, but you know, most of them don't, if they could do what they did, imagine what you can do. Imagine what God can do through you where this is more of your home. This is what we're learning in, the, in our Hispanic churches too. And they're doing some amazing things too. Yeah. Who are you? What kind of leader are you going to be? I know you guys are young. You might say, oh, I'm too young. I don't, I'm not a leader. And let me tell you, if you have influence over other people, you are a leader. If you have small groups, if you're teaching you know, at Sunday school, if you have kids, if you have family, you are leaders. Leadership is not only when you become a CEO or, or president of something. Your leadership the leadership that God desires from you is be a leader who lead people to God. That's a leader. Okay? Small thing. When you get together and everybody say, hey, what do you want to go eat? What do you want to go eat? I don't know. I don't know. And you say, let's go jajangmyeon. And everybody follows you. You have just exercised your leadership. That, it starts with something everyday, little things. But when you could handle that, God will give you greater opportunities to be leaders. Let us learn from Zacchaeus. What kind of leader are we going to be? Because I'm, I'm guarantee you, you will be leaders. You will be leaders. If you're not already, you will be leaders. What kind of leader are you going to be? Are you going to be like pre-Jesus Zacchaeus? Or are you going to be post-Jesus Zacchaeus? You can choose. We have the ability and opportunity to choose. Never forget that you're a child of God. Can I ask um, all of you to pray a little bit? And let's go into, in, 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 in prayer and think about some things that, that, that were shared. Talk to God and, and see what kind of leader am I going to be? What kind of person am I going to be? Ask God to reveal to you if you are lost. Are you lost in you? Are you lost in the world? 
Are you lost because you're confused? Ask God to help you. I'm sure everyone here knows who God is in, in, in your life. But I want to ask, do you know who you are in God? And ask God for wisdom to know how to be a blessing. How others can be blessed through you and by you. Ask God to, re to reveal and to give you confidence and strength to use what you have for God's glory and to, and to bless others. Lord God, we just come before you with thanksgiving. We thank you for who you are in our lives. We thank you for receiving us and accepting us just the way we are. But we thank you that you don't leave us alone, but you make us, you mold us, you grow us, you mature us to be more like Christ. Lord God, we thank you for the opportunity that we are able to lead and have influences over others. Help us to exercise our leadership, to point to the world that you are God, you are Lord. To all those people who, are, who may be suffering, Lord, give us wisdom to know what we can do to go in the name of Jesus Christ to offer reconciliation and healing, love and blessing and even mercy. But Lord, before we do all this, help us to find ourselves in you. Because we know that we can't do anything before we can be healed before you. Lord God, I just want to thank you for the opportunity to again share your word with these folks here. Lord, I pray that, that only your word, your truth, will remain in our hearts, in our minds. But if there's anything that was confusing, I pray that through your Holy Spirit, that those things will be forgotten, will be erased. But Lord, because we have your Holy Spirit, give us power to change and to do what you will for us. The service will come to an end soon, but Lord, I pray that our worship will continue throughout this day and throughout the rest, rest of our lives. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray.